And it is time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pinkowski, the Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I am good. Thank you. How are the markets doing? Well, markets are doing well. Uh, you know, we've uh, broken through and hit an all-time high this week. Again, this is on the back of more positive vaccine news. You and I talked last week about Moderna, or, um, about Moderna and uh, the vaccine there was 95% effective. Uh, and, of course, Pfizer before. Uh, and now with, uh, with Pfizer's new results, uh, there's, they're talking that the, um, effective, uh, that it's 95% effective and they've now tested about 170 people. So that's very positive. And, you know, people are a little confused looking at markets continuously, uh, kind of moving higher, even though we're seeing COVID cases rise daily, not just in the U.S., but here in Canada. And remember the stock market's very forward looking, right? So it's not looking at COVID today. It's looking at what's, down the pipe, right? Three months down the road, right. six months down the road. What are we going to see? Um, and some of the risks still out there, of course, uh, there's still a stalemate in, in the U.S. in terms of a stimulus bill. So that is a risk. You know, we need to see something pass, especially as we see COVID cases rise. But all this vaccine news, I mean, they're talking that uh, healthcare workers could possibly uh, have the first dose of a vaccine in like a month uh, yeah. from now. And that's uh, much sooner than we had anticipated. So that is definitely positive news. And that's why markets are rising. And so what goes up then when that happens, Lori? So Pfizer obviously probably goes up, Moderna goes up, but do are there some industries that go up and others that go down as a result of news like that? Yeah, definitely. What we saw over the last two weeks is a lot of these sectors that have been under pressure, uh, financials, energy, airlines, uh, leisure stocks, cruise lines, all of those kind of had a pop up. Uh, and for us, we still haven't actually added to those areas. And the reason being is that, you know, by the time everybody gets a vaccine, it's still a ways away, right? And so we took uh, this opportunity to add to areas such as like technology that pulled back when those uh, went forward. And they're talking about a great rotation right now. Uh, and that uh, that's here to stay. I just don't believe it. I mean, in terms of financials and energy stocks, you need a really good economy. Uh, and I still think it's going to be a, a bit of a bumpy road. I don't think we're totally out of this, and especially with uh, new lockdown measures, you know, that's going to affect the economy here short term. And also what we saw is that industrials and materials start to move up. Uh, Those sectors tend to move up as we come out of a recession, and uh, those are also areas that we've added to as of late. Okay, good to know. Uh, Let's talk about the housing market here as well, because it's been one of those areas that has kind of defied expectations and predictions, hasn't it? It has, and what we've seen is that in Canada, housing starts rose about 3% in October. Uh, This is back to kind of normal levels, I would say. Uh, The market remains strong. Sales are up 32% from a year ago. Again, there's low interest rates, and the idea is is that there was a lot of pent-up demand, and that continues. But there's winners and losers. Working from home uh, is drawing more buyers to the suburbs and smaller markets, Right, not, They don't have to commute to work right now and, and so on. So we're seeing those areas move higher. Losers, definitely downtown condos, especially when you look at Toronto and some of the other uh, major cities. That's what we've seen. And, and in B.C., though, um, you know, sales are, are up about 44% from this time a year ago. Uh, prices are up about 13% on average, um, which is, again, positive. But what we have seen uh, is a difference in the t- in the sectors, right? So we've seen that condos, 
prices are down about 10%, yet detached homes and townhomes are up about 10%. So, so that's something to consider. I know that there's a lot of retirees out there looking at downsizing and have for some time, even clients of ours. And now might be that time to look at, right? Because if you're home has gone up in value and smaller properties um, could possibly be going down in value depending on where you're trying to move to. Uh, it might just be that case. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of people downsize over the past few months and move up to the Okanagan, actually. I'd say, I, I don't know, eight couples. Um, really? It seems like there's a, a great migration to the Okanagan, um, which, is, which is a positive thing. It's a great place to be, a great place to retire. Well, let's talk about that, though, too. When it comes to a, a person's certain age, there's, you know, they think about downsizing. Uh, they also think about helping their parents, right, with all the things that need to be done. Like, trying to help your aging parents with their finances can be really tough. It can be tough. It uh, always depends on the relationship that you have with your aging parents or parent. Um, And there's things that you need to talk about to make sure that everything is organized and in in order. And I find that uh, a lot of adult children are helping their parents in their, you know, late 80s and 90s and so on. You just want to make sure that you um, uh, have located a lot of their important documents, like the power of attorney. Make sure they have one. I can't stress that enough. Uh, make sure their will is up to date. Uh, make sure you know where their insurance policies are. And make sure you know who's managing their portfolio and where that is and what is it in. Um, especially if you've recently lost one of your parents and say that parent was actually looking after the portfolio more than the surviving parent. Um, because you just don't want it to be mismanaged. You want it to be managed well and, and for um, you know the surviving parent and make sure nothing, nothing wrong is going on in there. I can't say that enough. So you just want to be on top of it. And, uh, you know, I know that the aging parents do appreciate it when their adult kids get involved. Um, and, uh, and those are some of the things that we would say. Also, you want to make sure that the beneficiaries are correct on all of their accounts, especially if there's um, one spouse left, right? Because often people have beneficiaries of each other but they forget to update it right. when they lose their spouse. And that's also important. And also just reviewing any you know, tax implications um, when one of your parents could pass away and having those conversations in terms of possibly early gifting money, right? Instead of passing it through the will, which is going to get probate, maybe putting accounts in joint name, things like that you need to look at for sure. Okay, well, let's, yeah, so when that does happen, when a parent does pass away and a child has an inheritance, uh, what what should they do? What steps should they absolutely keep in mind? Yeah, you know, we, we see this a lot because often um, when a parent passes away, it's, it's a large lump sum, especially when they're selling the principal residence, you know, whether it's a house or whether they had downsized to a townhouse or condo or something like that. It's still a significant amount here in Vancouver. Um, some people have never had that lump sum before, right? They're going, what do I do with all this money? Do I just stick it under my mattress? Do I put it in a bank account? Uh, and that's when you definitely need to talk to a professional, for sure. Um, GIC rates are so low, right? So just, uh, you know, continuously renewing GICs at 05 to 1.5% is probably not a good uh, long-term investment strategy. And so when you get this lump sum and say you're talking to a financial advisor, often the questions would be, you know, is there a goal for that money? Are you planning to buy, you know, a second piece of real estate? Are you planning to help out your children uh, with real estate? We've right. seen that quite a bit, right? As people inherit money, they want the grandchildren also to do well. Uh, and it's hard to break into this real estate market here in Vancouver. So, so I, I think that's what we see as well. Um, and then going forward, you just want to make sure that's 
invested properly, right? So again, talking to someone, you can also create an income portfolio. Say you're a person that inherited money and uh, you actually, your income isn't that great or because of COVID, you lost your job. Uh, you know, a financial advisor uh, could create an income portfolio so you can actually draw off that inheritance. And so, so there's lots of um, kind of things surrounding inheritance. Also, you know, if you inherit money in a rocky marriage, you want to, you know, protect that inheritance, you need to talk to a lawyer as well. You know, we don't like to talk about those sorts of things, but, but you, you need happens. to, right? You right. need to protect that wealth for future generations. It absolutely does happen, unfortunately. All right. Well, Lori, thanks so much for that advice this morning. Thanks so much, Simi. You have a fantastic week, and I look forward to talking to you next week. We will talk to you next Wednesday. That's Lori Pinkowski, Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. Now, remember, you can contact the Pinkowski Wealth Management Team directly. Their number is 604-695-LORI, or you can visit their website at pinkowski.ca.